Hello, I'm your host, Anita Grantham. Welcome to episode four of HR Unplugged. Today, we'll talk about how benefits outside of traditional compensation are shaping the new workplace. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. So today, our fourth episode is why you need a total reward strategy. Uh, Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. If it's uh, your first time, I'm super excited that you're here. If it's not your first time, thank you so much for coming back. We really love building this community and the opportunity it gives you for kind of peer, peer-to-peer contact and networking, um, asking these questions and having a lot of uh, different perspectives and opportunities to answer that. So that's what we're here for. I love it. If you can continue to join us, we are stoked on that. Um, <clears throat> I'm Takardi Tavis. I am made media demand marketer here at Bamboo HR, but I'm just personally really excited about building great places to work. Um, I think that's a really important part of our lives. I'm sure everyone here agrees that we need uh, great places to work to enhance our quality of life and be just happier and healthier as a society. And so I'm really excited to be the facilitator of these conversations for Anita. And Anita, can you go ahead and get us started and talk about what we're doing today. Thanks, Takara. I'm excited for episode four. Excited that Takara and I are getting to be on this journey with all of you talking about why we all need a total reward strategy. Um, You know, like Takara said, I love creating great places to work just like she does. We all believe life's too short to spend work doing it with people you don't love or on a mission you're not committed to. And, And that's our mission is to just you know, set people free to do great work here at Bamboo. And we're excited to share that with all of you through this content. Anita, tell them a little bit about who you are for the new new visitors too. Yes, I am head of HR at Bamboo HR, and that's kind of been my shtick. I am in North Salt Lake, Utah, and I've been in this space pretty much my whole career and, and just loving it, working for strong founders with strong missions. Awesome. So after we have a a bit of this discussion on kind of benefit expectations, the new data that we have at our fingertips and really how to go about making a total reward strategy that suits your organization and is targeting to the talent that you're looking to acquire and keep. And then uh, we'll do a quick wrap up at the end. Uh, Make sure you have some actionable items so you can go forth and create great place to work and be set free. So, um, Make sure that this is really valuable. Thank you for spending your time with us. We know your time is really important. Yeah. And all right, before we get into your deep well of wisdom and advice, Anita, I think we uh, are going to go ahead and start with this poll question. So we we are, we love starting with a good poll. Oh, sorry. Were you going to read it? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was excited about this poll question. I'm excited about it too. I know we're like, we really want to know how it, how it breaks down with this. Oh, here it is group. coming in live. This is my favorite part is to watch everybody it's, come in. It's really fun. We get this little graph chart. That's like every little vote, like moves the, the bar graph. And so it's like a little, um, it's got suspense. It does. It does. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> How confident are you that your company offers a compelling total rewards package to help you win talent? Right. And the results are in. Okay. So we've got, um, let's see about 68% almost, um, almost a 70, almost, uh, yeah. Percent of you are, 
uh, somewhat confident, neutral, or unconfident. Only, only uh, ten percent of you are very confident, um, and three percent are very unconfident. So I'm, I'm glad that not too many of you are selecting that very unconfident. Um, the somewhat confident is interesting. So we're hitting, um, yeah, about about 40%, 40, 50% in that confident-ish range. So that's good to hear. And we'll see how, how you feel about it after today too. I'd love to invite the somewhat confident to get in on the conversation and share the areas that you feel that confidence with those that are somewhat unconfident. Yeah. Um, so we're all looking to learn here together. So feel free to add into the chat what you know. All right. And so we're going to go ahead and, and dive in. And Anita, uh, we really, so we're talking about a total rewards philosophy and that's a, that's a, you know, big term. So really like, what is the philosophy? What does that mean to have a total reward philosophy? You know, when I first started in this space and I heard total rewards, I was like, what does that, what does that mean? And, you know, there's a bunch, hello. <laughs> and there's a bunch of like HBR articles on it. They're very cerebral, um, very organizational development-esque. And so I want to break it down into four areas. We only talk about two, but there's really four areas for you to think about. So one is your environment in Zoom, like the leadership, the culture, the hybrid, the remote, the in-person environment. Is there a challenge in your environment? Is there autonomy? Is there not? You know, is it very consistent or is there high change? Is there balance and flexibility in the schedule? Or a lot of you in prior episodes have worked in more hourly, more rigid scheduling environments, depending on the type of work you're doing. So I want you to think of one of the four pillars of total rewards as environment. So that's a big pillar. The yeah, that's massive. That's, I, I mean, sorry, I just like, that's a really big deal and really appeals to very different people um, and very different roles are going to have a preference on, I, I would assume that that's going to break down into kind of specializations as well. Um, so what, which, you know, who are you going after? Right. Especially now what's interesting as we went through COVID and we came into this remote environment, everybody said, well, I need a fancy microphone and I need a high tech desk and I need my chair to be comfortable, which we always wanted in office anyway. But now it's like, what's my stipend, right? So now it becomes this part of reward. So we've seen it kind of bubble up where it's always been there, but now it's costing us to find money even though real estate was always there before, I just want us to think about it. It is a reward. It is part of the package. So I love what you're saying in this, Takara. It's a big, it's a big chunk. Um, so the second chunk, um, number two, development and recognition. So this is career pathing, learning and development, coaching, continuous recognition. So again, in the last two years, you've seen a spike in I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel people recognize me. I'm actually, this is a secret for me. I'm really bad at this. I just do the work. I'm really bad at celebrating. And it's something I've always worked on. And like Marcus Buckingham says, I've increased maybe like half a point. And now there's all these great tools for recognition, appreciation, celebration. And that's a that's the second chunk of rewards. The third big chunk, which is is normal. Sorry, were you gonna jump into Kara? I yeah, I was just gonna say that um that makes a big difference to me. I here like at Bamboo HR, it's definitely been something that there's a lot more effort behind. 
And um, so I've had other experiences where there's like an onboarding effort for a lot of um, acknowledgement and warm welcome, and then kind of like left to your own devices for quite a while. Right. And then you're like, Hey, how am I doing? Like, where am I, where's this going? Um, and then on, on a personal note, like I really love doing micro celebrations. Um, like when I'm responding to someone in our like project management tool, um, I'm always, I'm probably, I'm a, some people are going to hate this, but I overuse exclamation points, but it kind of fits here in our culture. And I really love that. Cause I like being like, you're the best. You're so awesome. Thank you for getting this to me. I just, you know, you rock. Um, but I also, but then I'm kind of terrible at remembering to use our tool where we like assign points that people can use to make donations or get little gift cards and stuff. Um, even when I put it on my calendar, but I just really love like the, the opportunity to do it in the moment. And then, um, but that overall kind of sense of culture where we make sure that that's something we do, we step out of our way to, to, acknowledge everyone and appreciate people. There's a lot of acknowledgement that comes around and even in our like meetings, right? So we're making sure like when we're talking about things that we're acknowledging everyone that contributed to like a new project or something. So I think that those are elements of our culture that uh, I really find valuable in that like growth and recognition category of engagement. It makes a big difference. There's a lot of research on this out there. I love all the exclamation points in the chat. Yes, Karen, we do use a peer-to-peer vendor like Bonusly. It's escaping me now. We can find out and get back to you on what it is. It's, it is something like that where you can award points and that's helpful. And it, it makes a big difference. I'm a big emoji user in Slack. So instead of exclamation points, I love the use of emojis. So anyway, that's, that's another big point. Uh, Kazoo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's Kazoo. That's what we use. So um, lots of great tools out there that help you do this. So then the third big piece of total rewards are benefits. Um, We get a lot of airtime with benefits, right? And it's expanded a lot. All of these have expanded so much, Uh, you know, mental health benefits. Now we have great tools that allow us to help with that outside of our core plans. We have, you know, paid time off at Bamboo. We offer something called paid paid where we give you money to go on vacation. And that's amazing. Um, You know, you have retirements. You kind of have what I like to kind of call these old school benefits that we've always had. And then we have these new school benefits that are coming out that help us with the customized tailored uh, pieces that that find that different types of generations find important um, to their own personal health and well-being. So that's the third piece that's getting added to in a lot of headway. What is paid, paid vacation? Can you elaborate? Yeah, so we give every team member, once they've been here for six me- six months, I haven't earned mine yet. I'm excited to earn mine. And you get a $2,500. Is that right, Takara? Get um, last year was 2000. So I think that's all it was, but- um, Don't tell the bamboo cool. again. I have it in my head. We've got to gross it up a bit. We're looking yeah. at it. It's- um. I, I acknowledge it as like, um, a bonus that I get if I take care of myself. Well, yes. um, that's, that's how I, I position it, especially when I'm telling friends. Cause I'm always really excited to share it. And I'm also a little like shy about it because I'm like, I know your work doesn't do this and it's really amazing. And I, you're going to be jealous of me. Come work with me. <laughs> but, um, so that's really, yeah, that's, that's what I use it for is the one vacation a year calendar year. Um, you get to submit for reimbursement of that bonus up to that bonus amount. And it just is encouraging to make us get out there and see the world and 
and <laughs> yes, Hannah. we are hiring Hannah. We're always hiring. <laughs> um, yes. So you get to use, you get to go on vacation and then you get to submit for reimbursement. And the intention around it is sometimes what you like, you go on vacation, like for instance, we went to Bear Lake. If you're not from Utah, look it up. It's our Caribbean that's located between Idaho and Utah. It's absolutely spectacular. And you know, the price of everything has gone really up. So if I was eligible for my own paid paid, I would have used my paid paid to rent jet skis. Our girls love jet skis and jet ski rentals have gotten really expensive. And so you could use paid paid for something like a jet ski rental that you might not have done otherwise. So it's to add that extra nugget into your vacation where you're like, that's really expensive, but I'd love to do it. And so here now you have this budget available to you to be able to go do this and create memories with your families. So that's kind of, there was one question, what's new benefits? Those are some new things and more companies are offering things like that. Same, I think of mental health benefits as a new school benefit. Now there's technologies and platforms and access to mental health providers that we've never had before. Um, the other new school benefits that I've seen lately is, you know, just opt offering dollars for customization. So wellness is usually like a gym membership or, you know, a bar class or something like that. I like to ski. Can I submit my wellness reimbursement as part of reimbursement for my annual ski pass? Those have also gotten really expensive. So I'm looking at technology to be more holistic for whatever, whatever wellness is for you. So those are, those are some things. Do we have like a limit for prepaid benefit? I don't know, Manali, what what that means. If you could ask a little bit more specific, that would be that would be great. So that's that's the third piece. And then the fourth piece is the one that gets all the airtime. It's it's the it's the big show stopper is compensation. So the fourth one is compensation. It's your base salary. It's your incentives. It's your bonus. It's your commission. It's your equity. It's things that turn into cash. And what's interesting to me is we only talk about that one. And then if you go and look through your exit interview surveys, you'll find that, well, I left because my leader is a prick, or I left because I don't have career growth opportunities, or I left because I don't have flexibility. And so um, you know, I think it's really important as we go back to this concept of total rewards, and this is why we wanted to zoom in on it this week, that we look at it holistically, because I think while there needs to be a lot of upgrades in the excellence area of compensation, it's definitely complex and difficult. You can do a lot with all these areas. And as you're crafting your strategy, it's important that you put it together, because if you're talking about retaining the talent you have, Look, think about all the dollars you're spending on all of those things. Add that on top of base salary. That's a compelling argument. Same when you're acquiring talent and they're like, well, you're paying me $5,000 less than this competitor. Well, no, maybe I'm not. Maybe I give you automatic vesting on your 401k. Maybe I give you $2,000 to go on vacation. Maybe I give you a stipend to work from home and to get your equipment that you need to be successful at home. And all of that adds in, and that's part of your culture tied to your mission. So long-winded answer, Takara. That is how we see total rewards. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Lori asked a question in the chat. Uh, what about companies that do not have these dollars to give? Um, There's... Yeah, there's dollars everywhere. And the idea that we that I challenge my team with is to go look for our other buckets. So this is this has been the evolution of, of Anita as a leader. 
I, I was just like, look, if we, if we just give like a big bucket of dollars, shouldn't that be, shouldn't that be enough? And people can go on vacation or buy, you know, great microphones or whatever it is with their dollars. And what I've learned over the last two years is you have to be intentional and you have to be specific. So I know that nonprofits have trouble with extra dollars. And I'd also push you like, where are you paying? Are you paying at the 50th? Like where 50% of companies are paying more and 50% are paying less. Are you paying a lot for benefits? Are you paying a lot for other things? And what's the problem you're trying to solve, right? So can you not get talent to come on board? Are you losing talent? And so like you have to go back to the problem you're trying to solve and look at the dollars you're spending across the business, not just in human related functions and use it as a strategic piece to say, hey, we need talent that has have experience in nonprofit space. We need somebody that's really experienced with fundraising and that understands this. And these types of people value these benefits. And so maybe you could get something from one of your donors as an extra perk. I know there's probably tax and liability and you know tape associated with that. And how can you get creative with the things that you can offer? And how do you understand what's important to that talent to be able to customize for it? So those, those are some ideas that, that we could talk about, but they're dollars. It's how committed are, are you and the team to go finding them and solving the big problem. You've got to connect it to a business outcome first. Otherwise, it's really hard to materialize. Yeah, I love the creativity aspect of it. It really is something where you have to be creative, right? And if you, and customize. I heard you say that, right? To who are you trying to attract? Um I think that is a, is a great answer for when we're trying to be also competitive is like, how exciting and interesting is this to our talent that we're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. How does it enrich their lives in a way that they desire? And, and so let's, we've got to do that. I feel like we're getting into like, uh, glory. I love that name, glory. What a beautiful name in today's age of shorter tenure. What length of employment is the new school standard to start these new school benefits. So I want to talk about all of those questions. And I want to make sure that we still stay with like, what is a total reward strategy? So your total reward strategy has to outline how you say yes or no. Um, and so like, if you look at it, and this is a preview to all of you that even our bamboogans haven't seen yet, can you speak about vacation and does that fall into total rewards? Yes. Yes, Manali, vacation does fall into total rewards. Absolutely. It's a big, a big part. So before we get to vacation and all of the all of the goodness that comes in all four of these boxes, the biggest piece of work, Glory and Manali, that I push you and the rest of the team to do, yes, the session's being recorded, is to create your principles around what kind of talent you need. So we use the nonprofit example and we see, we said we need somebody experienced in fundraising for nonprofits at this size of nonprofit, at this dollar value, whether it's an international nonprofit, is it an NGO, where are you operating? What are the details of your not-for-profit and what type of talent do you need to come in and provide the expertise on these things? And you have to define the talent that you need for the next 12 to 18 months. So that's, that's piece of work number one. What talent do you need for the next 12 to 18 months? And then you get to go research and say, hey, where do I find these humans? Where are they out right now? 
And maybe they're not at other nonprofits. Maybe they're operating inside organizations that are very large and have their own nonprofit arm, right? A lot of tech companies are doing that right now. Maybe there's a cool adjacency where you've been teaching and that would be a great skill set for how you could go be in a nonprofit. So where are these people and what type of benefits do they have right now? What's in their total rewards strategy right now? And that's how you build your total reward strategy. And you outline principles, right? We want it to be one of my big principles, no matter where I am, is that my implementation of rewards is consistent, right? So no matter where you are, you have consistency of the experience around the rewards. It's also tailored to the needs of our population. We did this research at Bamboo. We have, not unlike the rest of you, four distinct populations. We actually divided them by demographic detail. We looked at their age, their phase of life, and we said, okay, for this demographic, we actually created personas, just like we do in marketing. And we said, for this persona, this is what would be important for this persona. We matched it with our EMPS data. We matched it with all of our internal survey data around what people want to see and the rewards packages. And we're going to work over the next 24 months on a tailored, customized approach for our personas. So that tells me as I go out to market, I'm looking for different tools. And instead of just going out to market and looking for all these tools and not knowing how it meets my strategy and drives my talent. So I've said a lot there. I'm just going to stop for a hot minute. That's really cool. I actually, <clears throat> I don't think I was aware of that um, project with of the personas. So I'm kind of excited to find out which one I, which bucket I fell into, <laughs> but that's really, yeah, that's great. And the idea that, um, you know, not all of your talent is going to be in the same bucket. Um, I think that's important. I think a lot of times, I don't think I've seen a company do custom benefits in that way. Like it's always been company-wide. Um, and it's challenging, but you have to have this like broader strategy before you can customize it. And on top of that, you have to know what type of talent you want to go get. And so maybe that's something, if that's interesting, we can talk about in an upcoming episode because those two aren't usually linked together. And in a time when talent is so hard to come by, you've got to get specific on the type of talent you want to design rewards that get them excited to come to your organization. Yeah, I think we've 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 nailed that one. Um, and I think that's absolutely right. And it is important. I want to ask you, Anita, about what new data is telling us about benefits in recent years. Um, I know a lot has changed and everybody's kind of <clears throat> having to get really creative <laughs> um, to, to keep up. So what are the actual stats? What are, what are the data? So there's a lot out there. And again, you have to kind of put it into the context of, you know, what does your population really want? So things that have come out that isn't a surprise, people want flexibility, right? 50% of employees really found that things that allowed them to be flexible and work as their schedules needed them to work was important. So that means that you might be designing a hybrid. I, I know I benefit from that. I work a lot after my kids go to bed. And so I'm often online at like 11 o'clock at night. And I just want my team to know that they don't have to respond, but that's the time when I'm going to get work done. And I want to make sure that I can work in an organization that allows me to have that flexibility. So that that's one piece. We've seen that, you know, 65% of employers say that professional career development benefits are important. 
So that was a comparison to 37% in 2020 and 51% in 2021. So it's going up. So we saw 37 to 51, now to 65% of employers say that their team members want professional development. And that goes back to the earlier point that people leave for opportunity. They leave for promotion. They leave for that. So if you're not offering it inside your organization, that was our pillar number two as part of your rewards, that that's an opportunity for you. This is a great one. I love telemedicine. It was the greatest gift of, of the pandemic, right? I mean, it just changed our world. I know my one of my daughters, I have three, um, has to go in for something on a regular basis. And we go to primary children's here in Utah. It's fantastic. And it's about a 45 minute hike. I mean, I've got to pull her out of school. We've got to do that. And now we can see that doctor just on Zoom. And wow, what a benefit that our insurance covers that. And I don't have to spend that time taking her out of school, making it a big deal for her to go in. I mean, it's just a big lifesaver for us. And so, the wait time, oh, you know, to get an appointment in the first place. Totally. So that's, that's really, yeah, it, it's made a big difference. I'm surprised it took us this long. <laughs> I know. But here I we know. are. And I'm grateful. <laughs> me too. Me too. A big one that we've all seen a rise in is now we have mental health days. We didn't have mental health days before 2020, really. I mean, we kind of were talking about it and there were some early platforms that were coming on in 2015 through 2020, but now it's really a must have is that we're beyond regular sick time, sick leave, and we need what I'm calling mental fitness. We need to have, uh, have mental fitness. So those are some of the statistics to car that we're seeing come in that, that are new and that are forcing our practices around humans change. Awesome. So that's, we've talked a lot about what, what composes a total rewards package, um, different angles, what, what's critical, what are some creative competitive aspects now? What about, I'm sure a lot of our, um, friends here are wondering, how do I present this to employees, current employees, new talent? How do we have those conversations? And like, what are the tactical tips to communicate effectively? Um, especially, you know, if you're um, adjusting compensation to, uh, mod to accommodate some of these things that are more intentional and support the culture. And then, you know, they're looking at the compensation and then you know, comparing it to maybe another offer. How do you have that conversation? Can you be a little more detailed on that part? Yeah, this is, a, I love this question. And look, you, you can buy a bunch of tools and we love tools and you can build an Excel spreadsheet. Really, that's really what you can build. And you can say, here's your base pay. Here's your bonus. Here's what we contribute to their benefits plan. Here's what we contribute to your 401k. Here's what we do for professional development. And even if you don't have hard dollars allocated, because I know some of you don't have that, think about the experiences. So let me give you an example, a deep dive here, and I'll come back up. If you do an OKR process, which is objectives and key results, so there's a lot of studies out there on running performance through an OKR method. We can put this into the show notes or something after if you haven't heard about it. Um, we have our OKRs run cross-departmentally at Bamboo. And we give opportunities for uh, people in 
um, leadership roles that may not have as much airtime with senior leaders that may not have as much opportunity to cross-functionally influence the organization to take on and lead these projects. It's incredible. It is professional development at its finest and it's free. I mean, outside of the time that we're spending them, we're, you know, paying them in salary, it, it's not something that you have to go buy or a tool. Oh, I know. I wish there was an OKR tracking tool that I loved. It's not. It's Excel. You know, still Google Sheets is the best tool for OKR tracking in my book. And, and you give these opportunities to people across your organization to lead initiatives inside the business. You don't need a course. You don't need a facilitator. You need active leadership that's committed to professional development. And then you need to think with a lens of how do we provide opportunities for people to grow and take on, because that's what people are like. I just want my shot. I just want my shot to take on a project that's outside my wheelhouse. And I want the shot to work with leaders across the organization or across the globe and do that. And so think about it that way. So coming back up to your question, Dakara. So you can put even those non-monetary things, especially if you've heard it through the recruiting process. I want to come and work at Bamboo because I want to grow. Well, here we have this opportunity. You could run this cross-functional OKR after your onboarding. You're six months in. Um, to your bamboo job. And then we're going to give you an opportunity to run an OKR project across our whole entire organization. And you put that into the Google Sheet. And so that way, I love presenting an offer this way, because then they can go back to their current employer or back to whoever else is giving them an offer and really sees an apples to apples comparison. And most of our early career team members don't know how to do this. They don't know how to account for, like I had a team member leave, it broke my heart. And she left for a $10,000 increase in base pay. And I said, well, do they pay for your benefits? And she said, no. And I said, well, then you're at even because we pay $1,000 a month towards your premiums. You're actually going backwards, right? If you, if you really add up all of these things. So part of it is that, you need to go and help them see what they actually get and have them go back and look if they have that opportunity at their employer and then map it up to what they want. Oftentimes people go and look for jobs because they're running away from something. What are they running away from and what are they running to? And you'll see it when you talk dollars and cents in the offer process. So the best thing you can do, especially if you're an HR team of one, so you're a recruiter and you're also the total rewards leader and you're also the business partner, build yourself a sheet. Um, there's lots of templates out there and, and put it together so that you can be really awesome at delivering your offers and using these in save conversations. When your person comes to you and says, I'm leaving for $10,000, and then you can say, well, let's put out your sheet and see, are you really getting $10,000 more a year? And what are you really running to, right? Is it better leadership? Did I really blow it for you as a leader? Like, did I really mess it up and $10,000 makes it all better for you? Or do you just want to give me feedback and trust that I'm going to get better for you? I don't know. Lots there. Wow. Yeah. That, <clears throat> oof, Anita, are you, is it me? Did I, you know, is it not you? Is it me? Yeah, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. It's the what breakup I, conversation. Yeah. If, it, if it's not the dollars, cause here it is. Um, I know I've seen mine and it's one page. Um, so it's really, it's really clear and succinct and, uh, it meant a lot to me. I actually had never had that before. And when I told my parents about, about my job, I was like, actually, look, I have this salary, but I get all of these benefits and it's, I'm actually worth this much to this company. And that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so that's, 
yeah, I think that is an important part of the communication, having a clear way to show it. Um, we're getting additional questions about uh, communicating for benefits that are and non-monetary perks. Just, I it seems like people uh, really want to, yeah, examples of how to talk about these things. Um, and you've made some excellent points. I don't know if there's any additional ways that, um, I, the questions sound to me like they want um, to know like scripts maybe um, because I don't, I imagine templates, right? Um, but I think these are, are in-person conversations or over the phone conversations at the very least or Zoom conversations if we need to do that, right? With remote. I don't think that these are emails. Um, I don't, you know, all the time. I think they're like, in my experience, they've been kind of personal. Uh, what, what would you say, Anita? Yeah. So I love this. You know, templates are super important and I'd love our team on our, our production side. Let's take a note. And we've got templates at Bamboo that I'd love to be able to share. So uh, let's take that as an action item on, on templates and comping total rewards. That's a Google sheet. So I know we have things that we can give. And to Car, I think to your point around, um, like what other types of like we it's in an e, is it in an email all of those things so depending on the size of your organization i have created talking points for people so like this is the role of the leader this is your responsibility and like literally you can even start here i'm getting my book out again but what is your intention what do you want to create with this offer with this conversation like a lot, we're going to, we're going to, um, I just saw some initial data. So I'm giving a preview that I maybe should not be saying. I just saw some initial data that our data team ran around, uh, you know, our customer base and by and large employees don't feel that they have transparency into how their pay is put together. So one easy thing you can do is put together, like, this is how we decided how you got paid, but like, be clear on it. Right. Like, how did you decide how you got paid? So one intention I have in this conversation is to be transparent with you about how I decided what you were going to get paid. And if you don't feel confident in that, then you as a leader have some work to do, right? So how did you decide how they got paid? How do you decide whether they get paid more? What's my path? How do I earn more money? And so let's have that as an intention. If you see this person is struggling to perform in certain areas of their role, have that conversation and say, hey, you're doing really great in these areas. And if you can improve here, here, and here, that's going to provide more value to our customer or to our business. And to our business, that's worth an 8 to 10% increase. And I'm happy to work that into the budget for you in the next 6 to 12 months. Is that workable? But promise me your, your word on this. Don't, don't, don't say it if you don't mean it. Like, just don't. So if you can't, don't promise and under deliver. Okay, that, that's where we really mess up. So, so like work through your intention of the conversation. What do you want this person to know? How do you want them to feel? We've talked a lot about this on these episodes. If you want them to say, say, I want you to be here. I want you to stay with me and do this work with me. I want you to know that I value you. And I'm going to figure out a way to find compensation practices that are exciting to you. And I know compensation is one part. What matters to you about your development? What matters to you about our mission and the environment? What matters to you about our benefits? Right? Help them back out and say, what matters to you? And then you're listening to them. You're helping them feel heard. And, and you're putting it together. 
And so part of it is, is how, how you wrap that all up and, and look, there are non-monetary benefits and the value is personal. And part of the value is having a leader that has the conversation. Think about yourself. How often do you want to go to your boss and say, I, I feel like we've got to talk about this. It's awkward. Be a leader that the person never has to ask for the conversation. Nice. Uh, I love that. And I've had the benefit of having um, some of those leaders myself. And I, I think that they've been wonderful and I have learned a lot from them. And I wanted to mention non-monetary benefit wise too. Um, I've had the experience of not being able to maybe have a compensation bump at the time, but being able to have a conversation about what skills I want to refine or what things are on my plate that really kind of irk me and they don't really use my strengths. They, they challenge my weaknesses. And is there, is there a way that we can shift my workload in a way that, um, creates more, you know, a non-monetary benefit and progression, um, towards where I want to go. That's, that's been something that's been really meaningful to me, um, outside of, of a monetary increase. So. I love that example. You're asking for flexibility, which one of one of the big data points that we see, saw come out since 2020 is, you know, here we have this great example of this kind of work. I don't love doing. Here's my solution. Can, can we give it into this team so I can take on this? Can I train somebody to take on this part of it? So I'm only doing it once a month instead of three times a month. So come with, come with ideas around here's the problem is I want to learn to grow in this area. Possible solutions are this, this, and this. How can we be flexible in my work product to be able to deliver this? And then it brings me more joint engagement. And that's a great non-monetary. That's part of the environment and the physicality of the work. That's a reward. So don't, don't lose sight on these. Don't under index on the goodness of these rewards. Yeah. I know there was a question about kind of estimating the the value benefit of, um, of some of those, but also uh, we had a question that got um, a few up arrows. So a few people are thinking the same thing, but I'm not sure I understand David's question. Um, David, if you don't mind throwing in the chat, something a little more um, full sentence, uh, I'd be happy to get that. I think David, maybe oh, uh, while you're putting it in there, I'm reading no feel do. So what do you know? Like, what's your intention? Okay. How do you want them to feel? I think that's what he's saying. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. David push me on this. You know, what do you, what do you know? Not a question. Intention? Okay. He's got it. Yes. Um, how do you want them to feel? And then what do you go do? And as leaders, especially in this HR space, <laughs> you, you want to just go do and I just want everybody just to take a breath. Um, and really, before you talk to any team member, you know, this is why I, you know, my intention is to start every minute, every meeting, you know, at the top of the hour, the bottom of the hour, but end it either at the 50 or the 25. So I at least have a hot minute to breathe and say, what's my intention on this next session? What do I want to do? What do I want to create? Who do I want to be? And especially if I'm having a one on one conversation, I really want to make sure I have those things super nailed. Yes, Karen's got it here. It's a great design principle. So great tips cool. here. That's great. I love that that's that that's familiar for some of you. Um, so I'm gonna ask an, another kind of pivot question, but I just wanna um acknowledge that 
we're we're moving through this real fast and uh, we are going to have this recorded and send it out to you. Um, but I also want to make sure that we get your questions in before we run out of time. So please put your questions in the chat. Don't wait um, until we ask for them. We we're, we've been answering questions as we go. So this is a conversation. Keep 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 putting your questions in. Um, now, the thing I'm I'm wondering and I think is going to be applicable to a lot of people um, is how can how can organizations balance the needs of employees in today's landscape? and still think about the business and safeguard um, funds, you know, with the economic uncertainty. Uh, how do we balance this really awesome approach and for talent and people and then um, still having to be careful? I love this question. And I've been doing a lot of reading on this because we cannot pay at the pace of inflation. Like we can't and maintain the business that we want. So I was just I was just reading some data on this this morning that, you know, employers are unable to keep up with wages at the pace of inflation. That's just the fact of the matter. So what we need to go to is we're here for stability. We'd rather have a job. We'd rather have a performing business. We'd rather be here doing great work on a mission that we really care about to set people free to do their best work. And with this beautiful job and this beautiful organization, we have access to health insurance and we have access to things that come in a nightly nicely tied up package because it is an employer. That's, that's the benefit of working as an employer versus working as a contractor or part of the gig economy where everybody's kind of taking on, you know, 15 different jobs. You don't have that security and stability. Now I get it. We have different generations and security and stability isn't as important for everyone. And it's okay. You need to be able to speak about your brand promise to your team members for what you do have, right? And you just can say, our job is to provide stable, reliable, dependable work experience and income to all of our team members and your families. That's what we're here to do. Are we going to keep up with the pace of inflation? No. And are we going to do things that continue to provide value to you and your families? Yes. And as long as you want to be here and help us on this mission, we want you to be here right? That, that's just it. Um, we're not cutting raises. We're not cutting our contribution to 401k. We're not cutting down our benefits. We're going to still do it in a way that works for the families and works for the business. What we've been in the last 24 months is over-indexed on what works for the employees and what works for big business. That's different. If I could have a dollar every time somebody's like, well, Google does it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not Google. I've never worked at Google. I'm not going to work at Google. While I appreciate what they've done for the team member experience because it's pushed us all to be better, I'm forever grateful. And the size of their organization is much larger. Their resources are much greater than ours. And what we're going to do is provide com benefit, competitive benefits for the size and scale and phase and stage that our business is in today. And I would love you to stay here and work at it. And if you don't, I'll call my friends over at Google and submit your application and it's going to be awesome for you. That's awesome. Uh, you're, yeah, we're, I think we are giving the answers that people need. Um, Yana said, you're preaching Anita. So we're getting a bit of a yes queen. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad we're uh, in agreement about the way that we want to move forward and creating the, these great places to work. Um, and also uh, Amnit said that they are rallying around this as a team. So there's several people from the same organization and my gosh, that's just so great. It just, I love it. We're, 
We love it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So we're getting close to the, to, um, the end of our session here. So, um, we can go ahead and pull up maybe the actionable items that we want to go over some takeaways that will give you something that you can chew on today. Um, some of these are, you know, we talk about philosophies and big concepts and things that are going to take a lot of effort and getting buy-in from, from C-suite employees and, or executives, sorry. And then um, that's, you know, that's a lot, it's a lot to chew on. And, but what are the little things that um, we can go ahead and start and feel like we're making progress and getting on the right track? Yes. So We've got some things on the slide here, and I just want to say, what type of talent do you need? Start there. What, like, look, are you going to hire 20 people, 10 people, 100 people in the next 12 months? What type of people are they? What roles are they in? Where do they work today? Where are they coming from? And what then are the rewards at those organizations where they're coming from? And what can you do to differentiate to make them want you in those four buckets? So that would be homework piece one. Two, always go talk to your customer. Go survey those team members and understand what they want to see, what's important to them. It's usually right under your nose and it's usually pretty easily to deliver and they feel heard. Reevaluate your own package to ensure that it aligns what your team members are looking for. There's lots of innovation and use your broker. Put your broker to work. There's so many brokers out there that can be doing more for y'all. So make sure you're leveraging them as a great partner for you. And make sure that everything you do ties back up to that mission and that strategy because we want things that are generating performance to secure that dependable, reliable business that we all love and implement you know, those guiding principles, share those guiding principles. We talked about that spreadsheet to share all of the different components of rewards. Let's keep using those. So, so those are our tips for action for you to take right after our time together. And thank you so much for being here with us. We really appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Great to be with you. Thanks for spending the time with us. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bamboo HR. Visit us at bambooHR.com slash HR unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bamboo HR sets people free to do great work.